morning. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed just by the Lord's presence this morning, isn't it, hey? Jesus is incredible. I'm just going to talk until you fix the sound. Okay. King of kings, Lord of lords, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, eternal, loving. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is impossible for him. He's created all things. In him all things hold together. He is the firstborn from among the dead. And he loves you. He's for you. He wants to get in your boat. Sometimes he calms the storms. And sometimes he rides the storm out with you. But he's Lord of the storm. Amen. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the valley. He's the God of the mountain. And that's the God we face 2024 with. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for these people. I thank you for the openness and the sensitivity to your presence. Lord, I thank you that we can face 2024 with the sure knowledge that our God is for us. We may let you go, but you're never going to let us go. You said you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that you're not turned on by our attractiveness, by our gifting, by our anointing, by our bank balances, or anything like that. No, and thank you, Lord, that you're not turned off by our ugliness and our sin and the issues that we're still dealing with. No, Father, you are pure agape love. You love the world, you love your church, and you want to see all those who are far brought near. Father, this morning, our hearts are so grateful and are overwhelmed with your presence. And Lord, I pray that as I share your word this morning, Lord, I pray that you would speak to every single person here, in the meeting and online, those that will watch afterwards. Lord, I thank you that I'm not the great teacher, but the great teacher lives inside of me, that Holy Spirit Jesus said of you that you would take from the Father and the Son and that you'd make it known to us. And I thank you, Lord, that as I've waited on you and spent time in your presence receiving fresh bread and fresh grass to feed the church this morning, Lord, I pray that you would use me to teach them. And Lord, I want to come against every vain thought, every imagination, every high thing that wants to exalt itself above Jesus, above the Father and the Spirit in our lives. Father God, you are life. You are light. You are love. You are our greatest need. You are the answer to every issue in our lives. And Lord, we thank you that nothing can separate us from that love. And so Lord, every, we just rebuke any f- distraction and any thinking that the enemy would try to bring. And Lord, having rebuked him, we ask for an open heaven. And that Lord Jesus, that there would be a download from heaven directly to enter every person's heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I said, I, I'm sure you, I trusted you guys had a wonderful holiday. We had, a, we had an incredible time away. I think it was needed, you know. It was a, it's a, last year was a big year, and I think this year is going to be a big year as well. But, you know, one of the things I like about holidays, you, you can extend the times of the Lord, you know, and uh, sweet times of the Lord. And Lord has really ministered to me incredibly over this holiday and it started um with alan parfit you remember alan parfit and the weekend that he had with us apostolic input 
And we had a leaders meeting with him on a Friday night. And we were having a worship time similar to the worship time we just had. And, he, and, and, and as he got up to minister, he hadn't prepared it. He just said he feels the tender, the, Lord, the heart of the Lord towards Lighthouse is so tender. His, his eyes on you. He loves you. He's pleased with you. And, and, and he wants you to know that. He wants you to know that he's not against you. He wants you to know that he's not holding your sin against you. Yes, he's going to work with the things in your life, but he's not doing that out of anger, frustration. He's doing it out of love, out of care, out of wanting to take you into the more that he has for you. Amen? And, and, he, and he said that. And then he took us to Psalm 46. And he gave us seven declarations from Psalm 46. And he says, just in the worship and with what was going on, he said he felt like these are seven declarations that God is declaring over Lighthouse and that He's giving us so that we can declare them over our situations, over our circumstances, over our lives. And I'm going to take you through those seven declarations this morning. But I've been meditating on that because it starts with the Lord Almighty is your strength. And then it goes on and it says this, the God of Jacob is your fortress. I've been meditating on the God of Jacob and in my daily Bible reading, I've been actually from November through to, I've been reading Genesis all about Jacob. And you know, I don't know about you or, or, or me, I don't, I don't know if I'll be a little bit vulnerable, but I can relate to Jacob. <laughs> and I can relate to Peter. Amen? He's the God of Jacob. You know, Jacob, the word Jacob, his name means deceiver. Am I right? And God changed his name to Israel, the one who struggles with God and overcomes. But I can sometimes be quite acutely aware of my shortcomings, of my failures, of where I felt I've let myself down, the Lord down, other people down. Are you with me? And then the enemy will come and say, but what about this and what about that? And are you with me? And he starts to hammer you. But that psalm says, the God of Jacob is our fortress. And you know what that means? While God dealt with the character issues in Jacob's life, God loved Jacob, made him a son, and shepherded him his whole life. Isn't that incredible? So watch this. God didn't use Jacob'sness against him. He did not hold it against him. But he took Jacob from where he was and he took him on a journey and he purified him. And at the end of Jacob's life, okay, so Jacob changed his name to Israel. And you'll remember, if you remember the story, Jacob and his whole family end up in Egypt. And Joseph is there. Remember the story of Egypt and the seven famine, it's good years, the seven bad years. And the whole nation of Israel goes into Egypt through Joseph. Okay. And, Joseph, and Jacob is about to pass away. And he calls for Joseph. And you'll remember Joseph was his favorite son. Parents, don't have favorites. Okay? Ask God to give you the grace to love all of your kids. Because favoritism causes problems, as we could see from the life of Jacob. But he calls in Joseph, and he speaks to him. And he says something to him. And in Genesis chapter 48, verses 15 and 16... 
Jacob is now praying a blessing over Ephraim and Manasseh, who are, jo who are Joseph's two sons. And listen to the prayer. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God whom before my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. And may they, may they be called by the name, by my name, and the names of my father, Abraham and Isaac. And may they greatly increase upon the earth. And there's two statements there that, that, that I have been, um, my, that I've been digging into the depths and mining the treasure of those two statements. And the first statement is, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. There's a part two to this message. And the angel who has delivered me from all harm. Some translations say, who has protected me from all harm. What is the revelation of Jacob just at his deathbed? God has shepherded me my whole life. Now, I don't want to wait until my deathbed to have that as a truth in my life. You know, Psalm 23 is one of the most famous psalms in the Bible. It speaks about the Lord is my shepherd. And normally we all read those psalms, that psalm at, at memorials. Because now we want God to shepherd us into the afterlife. But you know that Psalm 23 is not a shepherd for death. Uh, sorry, not a psalm for death. It's a psalm for life. If God wasn't your shepherd in life, I promise you he's not going to be your shepherd in death. Am I right? So Psalm 23 is a psalm for life. So this is Jacob's revelation of God. And his journey with the Lord of, over the course of his life. You know when you're older, you reminisce and you think back on your life. And so he's, now I ask you this question. What is it that he's thinking about his life that brings him to this point and he says, God has shepherded me my whole life. Because we need to see that in his life. Why? Because then, Mal, we can take that and we can apply it to our lives. And like God shepherded Jacob, he's going to shepherd me. And I like Jacob because, as I said earlier, Jacob, Jacob and Peter are not the perfect boys in the, in the Bible. Joseph, perfect guy. Not, you know, he had some issues, but he was, he was brilliant. Andrew, one of you know, Peter's brother, seemed to be a good guy. Don't see too many issues in his life. But Peter's always making mistakes. Jacob's always making mistakes. And I can relate to that because I don't know that I've made mistakes. And I'm willing to bet that for most of us, yeah, if you're honest, you know, if you're religious and you can't admit some things, well, then you're going to struggle. But if you're honest with yourself, you know there's Jacobness inside of you. And I want to tell you that God does not hold your Jacobness against you. He loves you, but he's going to deal with your Jacobness as he shepherds you. But he's not dealing with it because he hates you. He's dealing with it because he loves you. And he wants to bring you through. Isn't that amazing? Listen to this. Because, so Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. He becomes, and he has 12 sons. They become the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Later on in Isaiah 40, verse 10 and 11, 
Isaiah pens these words. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. What is that speaking of? The power and the majesty of our God. Amen? Then it says this, verse 11. This powerful, incredible, majestic God, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries close to his heart. He close, he, sorry, he carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those that have young. What a God! This omnipotent, incredible God that we've just sung for 40 minutes to, that presents himself amongst us. He, is, he loves you. He's for you. He's tender towards you. He gathers you in his arms. He's close to your heart. And he gently leads those of you that have young. You know, I've got four kids. And my oldest is 20. And I met Luke there. And Luke's got some kids. And it's like, I said to my buddy, it gets easier. Don't worry. But God... Gently leads those that have lung. You can, even into your parenting, you can draw on God's strength as, you, as He parents and shepherds you to give you the ability to parent and shepherd your kids. It's amazing. So, how has God shepherded Jacob through his life? What is he thinking about when he says this? You want to hear? Okay? What I'm going to do on the Edenvale group is I'm going to post the notes. Because I can't go through... The, the accounts of how God shepherds him are so rich and so deep, but time's not going to allow me to unpack every single one of the events. So I'm going to mention them, maybe land on one, unpack it, and then the second half I'm going to talk to us about this question. How do you and I position ourselves to be shepherded by the Lord in 2024 at a way, level way deeper than we've ever shepherded by Him before? Because that's the key. The problem is not that God is not a shepherd. You know what the problem is? I don't know how to be shepherded. Sometimes I'm a goat. You know, you've seen those, those YouTube clips where the guy's feeding the goats in the next minute. This goat comes and claps him off his feet. It's quite funny. I don't want to be the goat. I want to be a sheep, but I want to follow the Lord. So let's look at it. Firstly, when um, Isaac, Jacob's father, Marries, um, I just want to get it right. Marries Rebecca, and uh, they get married. This will this be interesting. They get married at forty. Let me just give you the reference. This is from Genesis twenty-five, nineteen to twenty-six. Ja Jacob gets married to Re Isaac. Gets ma married to Rebecca at forty, and the Bible says that she can't have kids. And the Bible says so. Jacob, so, no, so Isaac, Jacob's father prayed for Rebecca, and she had twins. And then it carries on a few verses, and then it says this. The twins were born when, Jacob was six, when Isaac was 60. How long did he pray for his wife to have kids? 20 years. 20 years. My friends, keep on contending for the promises of God in your life, even if it takes 20 years. Amen? We've been... We, We've been leading the church for 22 years this year. And I tell you, one of the things we're contending for is that place upstairs. And it's being fulfilled this year. It's a significant year, what John said. But we've had to wait on those promises. Amen? Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Anyway, 
They're in the womb, and the twins are wrestling in the womb. Jacob and Esau literally are wrestling in the womb. And it's so hectic that Rebecca prays to the Lord about it. Okay? And the Lord says to her in uh, Genesis chapter 25 and verse 22, the sibling, the sibling rivalry was so hectic that she prays, and the Lord says, there are two nations within your womb. The older will serve the younger. Are you with me? And there's a whole prophetic word that happens there. And so what's point number one? God had started to shepherd Jacob from his womb. From the womb. And God already spoke something of the destiny over Jacob's life in the womb. And when Joseph, sorry, when Jacob prayed for Ephraim and Manasseh, who were Joseph's sons, he switched his hands and he put the younger first above the older. And Joseph wasn't too happy about it. He tried to swap the hands. And he's like, no, son, I know what I'm doing. It's the Lord. Are you with me? And God had a plan for Esau as well, but the covenantal promises that went from Jacob, from Abraham to Isaac, were not going to go to Esau. It's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God in his sovereign choosing chose Jacob, just like he chose David, not the oldest sons. God is God. He can do what he wants. Point being, let me tell you, your life, my friend, has got purpose, has got destiny, and has got the blueprint of God written before you were born. Psalm 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came into being. How marvelous you love about me, O Lord. How vast are your thoughts about me. They are too marvelous for me to understand. God digs you. God loves you. God is for you. The devil comes and he throws your Jacobness at you. My friend, in 2024, you've got to stand up and say, no, yes, I've got some issues. Yes, I've got problems. But God is never going to leave me. God is for me. And I'm going to deal with, the, I'm going to deal with myself and the Lord and allow him to shepherd me. But he's never not going to shepherd me. Helpful? Number two. So now they grow, the boys grow up. And there's this tussle between Jacob and Esau. And Esau sells Jacob his birthright for a pot of stew in a dwarf move, which I can relate to. <laughs> then, then he steals the blessing. Rebecca, because, <laughs> it's amazing, because Rebecca had prayed and the Lord said, the, old, the, the older will be subservient to the younger and the younger will rule the older, she felt she had to help the Lord. So then she scanives with Jacob to get the blessing of the father. You know what's, what's interesting for me? You know Joseph, when he's tempted by Potiphar's wife, he doesn't touch her. He runs away. He ends up in prison for it. You know Jacob's response to his mom's plan? Not, how can I sin against the Lord and do such a thing and lie to my dad? It's like, yeah, but Esau's hairy and I'm not. He's going to catch me and then he's going to curse me. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have, where's his morals? It's like, it's cool to lie because I want the blessing. Do you follow me? Can you see his Jacobness? Rebecca says to him, let the curse fall on me if you get caught. Hey, it's hectic, man. It's hectic. Anyway, the as you know, the story goes, he steals the blessing. He lies to his dad five times. Five times. Is it you, my son Esau? Yes. 
Come, let me smell you. It's the smell of, he saw Corey, he puts his clothes on, and he put the, the, the sheep things on his thing. But it's the voice of Jacob. Let me touch you. Ah, oh, this is the hand of Jacob, but it's the voice of, sorry, the hands of Esau, but the voice. No, it's Esau. Five times he lost his old man. And then you know what happens. Esau comes back, says, hey, bless me. Now Esau wants to kill Jacob. So what has Jacob got to do? He's got to flee to Rebekah's brother Laban in Padah Aram. Okay? So, I mean, he's <laughs> God even shepherds us in our toughness. God even shepherds us in our mistakes. Now, I, honestly, don't do, try your best not to do mistakes. Live an honest, good, righteous, holy, upright life. Try and make the best decisions you can. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat. I'm begging you. I'm not, I'm not condoning any of that. But I'm telling you that even when you do mess up, even when you make mistakes, even when you've messed up, you know what? God will not write you off if you will ask Him to forgive you, if you will ask Him to help you, if you will ask Him to make... God is so loving, so gracious, and so kind. He's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance. He's there for you. This is not greasy grace. This is living in the reality of a fallen world. We strive for righteousness. We strive for integrity. But we still mess up. And when you mess up, the devil will come and say, you're disqualified, you're finished, and you're no good. But that's a lie. God says, I will not give up on you. God is not turned off by your ugliness, and he's not turned on by the good things that he can give you. He loves you. And he will shepherd you your whole life if you let him. So what happens, eh? Isaac, uh, Isaac, Jake, Isaac blesses Jacob. You go read this. I'll give you the, the reference. It's in, um, I don't have that reference, sorry. But, but he gives him an earthly father's blessing. And he makes him his brother's head. Everything that God said, um, Isaac does for Jacob. Then what, what, what shocks me is that Jacob is now running away from Esau. And he comes to a place called Luz. And he changes the name to Bethel. Because as he sleeps there, he puts his head on a rock and he has a dream and the stairway to heaven opens and the angels of God ascend and descend upon it. And God says to him, I'm the God of your, fa your, your, your father Isaac and your grandfather Abraham and I'm making my covenant with you. And on, in this land, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply your descendants. Nations are going to come from you. And he gives him this whole prophetic word. The, the earthly blessing that the heavenly father, Isaac, had bestowed on Jacob. The heavenly father brings a heavenly blessing and blesses him. You should go and read it. It's incredible how God honors the father's, the earthly blessing of, 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 of Isaac on Jacob's life. And God says four things to Jacob there. Listen to me. Genesis chapter 28 verse 15. Remember you're going to get the notes, but this is important. He says to him, number one, I will be with you. If you, got my, if you got my New Year's message, this was my New Year's message. Number one, I will be with you. Number two, I will protect you. Number three, I will bring you back to this land. In other words, I will restore to you that the things that the devil has stolen because of your own doffness. He's running away because of his own doffness. He's lying in that. But he, God is going to give him his wives there. He's going to give him his children there. And then God is saying, I promise you, I'm going to restore you and I'm going to bring you back to this land. And then the fourth thing, listen to this. 
I will not leave you until I have fulfilled every promise to you. What a shepherd. What a God. What a Savior. Wow. I'm like, I understand now why this guy's got this revelation. So then he goes there. And you know the story. Let me get this little insight here. You know how God deals with your Jacobness? He gives you Labans. <laughs> People more sneaky and more conniving than you. And it's ugly. And it's terrible. And when you're in that situation, my friend, you start to judge the Laban. But careful, because when you're doing this, all these things are pointing back at you. And Jacob got a bit of a taste of his own lies, his own deceit, and his own issues. Now be careful when that happens. Because sometimes God will put you under an authority or in a situation with a boss or in a marriage environment or wherever you find yourself. And you're going to have to learn what it means to submit to and live under a bit of authority that is exactly not your cup of tea. And it doesn't make the authority right or condone their behavior. It, I'm just trying to help you to understand that in the sovereignty of God, the way he's going to deal with your skabanganess is going to give you another skabanga. And that skabanga is going to nail you a bit, and then you're going to taste that, and you're going to say, wow, what's the golden rule in the kingdom of God? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So my friend, when stuff's happening to you that you don't dig, first thing you must do and say is, Lord, what are you teaching me? Because you know, the first thing we do in this 2024, we get a third, we get all high and mighty, we take the high ground, I've got to do the right thing. We never stop and say, Lord, what are you shepherding in me? What are you ripping out of me? Are you dealing with my Bruceness? Are you dealing with my Jacobness? Are you putting me in this situation to work on me? Recognize your shepherd and recognize his sovereignty and allow him to do his righteous processes in your life because Jacob did. But move when God tells you to move. Because what happens in Genesis chapter 30, so remember he works seven years for Leah, for Rachel, then he gives him Leah. Then a week later he gets Rachel as well, but he's got to work another seven years. Then he works another six years, and ten times his wages are changed. Okay? And then in Genesis chapter 31, verses uh, 1 to 3, and I'd like to read this to us, God gives him a, every time, um, every time that God moved Jacob on, God spoke to him. And, and I want you to know this, guys. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe in your heart of hearts, even Nathan, you young guys, do you believe that God can speak to you, that he can shepherd you, and he can tell you stuff? Because there's no junior Holy Spirit. He speaks to all of us. And we need to learn how to hear his voice. Because if you can't hear the shepherd's voice, you can't follow him. But Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice and they will follow it. So listen to this. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude towards him had changed. Verse 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and go back to your relatives and I will be with you. Verse 13. 
says this, I'm the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. You find yourself in a scenario and you've got to suck it up and you've got to persevere. But at some point God says, now's the change. It's a significant year. There's a shift. I'm changing the storm. I'm changing your circumstance. I'm changing your environment. Pay attention, my friend, because that's when you need to make sure you make changes and adjustments and you obey God. Because remember, what's waiting for him? Who's waiting for him? Esau, his brother, my friends. How much fear and anxiety do you think there was in Jacob's heart to now go face his brother again? Because now he knows what's happened to him and Laban. And he knows how upset he is with Laban. Now he's projecting that onto his brother and he's thinking, what's my brother going to do to me? But what has God promised him? Eleni, I will be with you. I'll be with you. So, I can't go into, I could unpack that a lot more. But just let me say this, it's the start of 2024. And I'm pretty certain that almost 60 to 80% of us have got some level of anxiety or stress or worry or fear or concern about the start of the year and about what's going to hold and, and where you're going. That's normal. But, uh, but God doesn't want you to live there. Are you with me? And you've got to process that. And, and so Jacob goes back, but as he's going back, he sends his scouts out. And the scouts say, your brother Esau is coming to meet you. He's coming with 400 men. So he wrestles with God the whole night. God touches his hip, remember? And then he sends on the gifts ahead to try and give him, his brother some gifts. Hey, I'm giving you this, I'm giving you this. But when his brother meets him, hey, brew, how's it going? There's no problem. The fear was completely unfounded. And he met him. Why? Because God had gone ahead of him. And God was shepherding him. Then you know what happens. He lives there. And then, then there's the famine. Remember his, his favorite son, Joseph, gets sold into slavery by his brothers. And then there's that whole story there. And then God brings him to Egypt. And I want to read that to you as well, just as another example of how Jacob had to hear God speaking to him and, and, and telling him to go down to Egypt. Genesis um, chapter 46, verses 1 and 3. Sorry, 2 and 3. God spoke to, in a, to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, exclamation mark. I'm here, he replied. I'm God, the God of your father. And he said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again, and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. So what does God promise him? going to come back to that. How's this, eh? He leaves his dad. He goes to Laban. He comes back. Then there's famine in the land. Now he must go to Egypt. God says, I'll bring you back. But Joseph's hand's going to kill. You're going to die. And Joseph's hand's going to close your eyes. I missed one. After Jacob had been in the land, 
God says to him a second time, go back to Bethel where I spoke to you. And God speaks to him at Bethel again the second time, reconfirms his covenant and changes his name from Jacob to Israel a second time. He did it when he wrestled at the brook and then he does it again in Bethel. What's the point? These events are God shepherding him. And then lastly, in his death, as God had said in Genesis chapter 40, um, 46, we pick it up in Genesis chapter 50, and this is the, the, this is the account of the story. In verse 12 to 14, Genesis 50, verse 12 to 14. Listen to this. So Jacob's son did as he commanded. They carried him back to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which Abraham had bought in the burial place of Ephraim the Ephraimite along with the field. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with all of his brothers and the others who had gone to bury him with his father. So he, Jacob knew that God said, I'm going to go back, but he also knew that I was going to die. So he said to them, listen, don't bury me in Egypt. Bury me with Abraham. Bury me with Isaac. Bury me with their wives. And his sons did that, taking him back. So what does this mean for you and I? Uh, let me just say this. So God shepherds Jacob, eh? But he had already shepherded Isaac. He had already accepted, already accepted uh, shepherded Abraham. And through Jacob, Israel, he was now shepherding the nation of Israel. And part of that shepherding was Joseph shepherded them into Egypt. Who was God going to raise up in 400 years' time? Moses. And what was Moses going to do? He shepherded them out. And who was going to shepherd them into the promised land? Joseph. And then eventually there would be kings, and David was one of those kings. And then eventually all of those guys were there. Why? So that Jesus could come and be the shepherd. Because Jesus in John 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And so you, you need to see this. Remember Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 and 11. The sovereign Lord comes in power. He's arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. So, how do you position yourself to be shepherded by the Lord? This is the practical part of the message. Given you the theology, I'd honestly encourage you, when I send the notes out, take the notes and go read the references. I promise you, you'll be blown away by how good God shepherds this guy. Number one, if you want the Lord to shepherd you, how do you position yourself to shepherd him? One, you have to spend time with him. Spend time giving thanks to him. Spend time worshiping him and spend time praying to him. Amen? Guys, God wants intimacy with you. Now, it's not a duty. It's not an obligation. It's not a law. It's got to be a, a, a loving desire in your heart. And you've got to ask God. You've got to say, Lord, I don't want to do this religiously. I don't want to read my four chapters. I don't want to read my Bible to get information. No, I want to spend time with you. Because I want to get to know you. Lisa, the prophetic word that Lisa bought. I'm, what's the secret of being content in every situation with a well-fed hungry? Do you know what it is? The presence of God in your life. I can face anything with Christ. Paul said, whatever is to my, to my gain, I count as rubbish, except that I could know Him. Ask God to give you this insatiable thirst and desire to get to know the shepherd. I promise you, it's your greatest need to get to know your shepherd. And the more you know him, 
the, the more you're going to be able to face life head on and do what God called you to do. See, I don't want to say the more you get to know him that your life is going to get better, easier, that you're going to have a bed of roses, that there's not going to be any issues. That is a lie. But I can promise you, your life will get easier in this respect. The challenges that come your way, you'll be able to go through the storms. You'll have to weather the storms. Some storms he'll just deliver you from. Some he'll see you through. Your, the successes that you have, they won't go to your head. You won't idolize them and you won't go and worship them. Because God is holding you, because God is shepherding you, the successes, you'll be able to manage them and the failures, you'll be able to recover from them. That's the story of Jacob. Amen? That's the story of Joseph. That's the story of David. These people could be shepherded by the Lord. So, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Be anxious for, but in everything, with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and what will happen? And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amazing, isn't it? Now, didn't Jacob do that? When Jacob was having to face his brother Esau, what did he do? He wrestled with that angel of the Lord the whole night. Yes? Thank you, John. You've got to, my friends, I've, we got back on Wednesday, and I've, I've got up at like four, three, the last couple of days, and I've been wrestling. I've been facing some things. But you know what? I'm getting the victory. God is speaking to me. I'm contending with the word of God and the promises that he's given me. So you've got to spend time with the Lord, number one. Number two, spend time with him in reading his word. Psalm 119, verses 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Don't read the Bible for information. Read the Bible to get to know God and to get to know his ways. Are you with me? Because you'll find God's, God in his ways and you'll find God's blessing in his ways. Number three, spend time with him by being planted into his body, a local church. Listen, don't attend church. Be the church. You see, God created a community through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob then became the community of Israel. God always works within families and in communities. And God speaks to us through communities. He speaks to us through his word. And he speaks to us through his spirit. Amen? Those three things. Learn to hear the Lord speak to you. Just tell me when I've got one minute left, please. Learn to hear the Lord speak to you through His Word, through His Spirit, and through His people. Psalm 32, verse 8. You will hear a voice behind you saying, sorry, that's Isaiah, Isaiah 30, verse 20. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will guide you and I will lead you with my loving eye upon you. You can be guaranteed of this, that God wants to speak to you and lead you in those ways. And then lastly, sorry, so once you've heard him, obey the Lord, obey that voice, and follow the good shepherd's leading of you. Have you lived long enough to know what happens when you don't obey that voice? Hey, nine times out of ten, what happens? Boom, you hit your head against the brick wall. Am I right? Pain is God's megaphone to a world that chooses to ignore him, and sometimes his church as well. Am I right? 
So it's not just about hearing him, but it's about doing what he says. But he says, if you love me, you will do it. All right, so... Johnny, can I just share these seven declarations? Is that okay? Do you mind? Okay, no, seriously, so guys, how it works is the, the preacher submitted to the MC. Are you with me? The preacher's got to stop when the MC says it. But the preacher can ask, can he carry on? But he's got the, he's got the full authority to say no. Is that okay? Remember I told you about these seven declarations that, that Alan Parfit gave us from Psalm 46? Yeah, they are. Is this thing working? Just hit the button, Azander, on the iPad. Is it there? Seven declarations, wonderful. Number one, these come from um, Psalm 46, hey? Takes a bit of time to get up there. There we go. God is lighthouse to the nation's refuge and strength. God is lighthouse to the nation's ever-present help in trouble. You might be going through some storms based on what Marais said. Let me tell you, my friends, you need to make this declaration over your storm. Second declaration, there is a river at Lighthouse to the nation's church whose streams make glad the city of our God. That's the Holy Spirit, my friend. Number three, next one. God is within Lighthouse to the nation's church. Lighthouse to the nation's church will not fall. God will lighthouse us to the nation's church at the break of day. Now, where I've put Lighthouse to the nation's church, what must you put? Your name, your family's name, your business's name. Whatever you're contending for in God, you put your name there. Amen? Next one's under. The Lord Almighty is within Lighthouse to the nation's church. Who's with you? The Lord Almighty, that strong, powerful, omnipotent, omnipresent God is holding you. He's holding you when you're under Laban. He's holding you when you're in your father's house. He's hold you, holding you when you're facing Esau. He's holding you when you're going to Egypt. He's holding you when you're facing Pharaoh. He's never going to leave you. He's within you. Amen? And then the last one. I love this. The God of Jacob, that's Gabanga, is lighthouse to the nation's fortress. In spite of my scabangerness, he's still my fortress. He's still my strong tower. I can still run to him. I can still go to him. Just this thing. Be honest. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to God. Don't lie to your wife. Don't lie to other people. Don't lie to your husband. Just own your stuff, man. When you lie to yourself, God can't work with you. But when you own your stuff, God can say, hey, man, I can be your fortress. Come into my fortress let me clean you out, and while I'm cleaning you out, let me protect you and let me defend you. Those are the seven declarations. Why don't you stand to your